Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Well, again, I appreciate being able to come back and finish what I started. You know, God finishes everything he starts, so we want to follow after the pattern that he's established for us. But the the text that I opened with last week is Romans chapter 5 and verse number 17. I love this verse. Uh, You know, I have certain favorite verses depending upon... The day of the week, it is. And, oh, it's there, but it's not up there. Okay, well, that's all right. So, there it is. <laughs> okay, we can turn that on. That way I can track with you. So, we're talking about reigning in life. Reigning in life. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Maybe we can all read this together. We can read it off the overhead. Let's go ahead and do that. Ready? One, two, go. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, this verse just destroys the idea that, you know, God's against us and he wants to kind of beat us down and... uh, You know, this really says it quite clearly that God wants us to to reign in this life. You know, to understand the Word of God, we've got to understand all of the Bible. We've got to go to the book of beginnings in Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, we see when God created man. When I say man, I mean mankind, male and female. Uh, God intended for them to reign in life. He said, I've given you dominion on this earth. And uh, so if we're to find what God's original intent and plan and what his heart was in the creation of uh, the human species, it was that we would, uh, we would rule and reign on this earth. And of course, we shared a little bit last week um, about what man's demise was. He believed the lie of the enemy. He believed Satan's lies. You know, I turned to the book of Revelation earlier this morning, and I believe it was in Revelation 20 or 21, but it talked about when things get all wrapped up at the end, talking about him who deceived the nations, him who deceived the nations. He gets locked up. He gets put away, you know. And, but, the, but the reality is, is you know, that's, that's what he used to kind of get his foot in the door in the first place. God had given them authority and dominion to reign on this earth. And, you know, Satan came in with sort of flim-flam and, you know, did God really say this? And, and uh, you know, did he say, you know, you can't eat of it? And, you know, Eve sort of got it all twisted. He said, well, she said, well, God said we can't touch it or eat it. God didn't say not to touch it. He said, don't eat it. 
So I wondered if she did touch it, nothing happened, and said, well, you know, and that's how, it's, that's how it happens. You know, Satan is, it kind of reminds me of, of one, of my, one of my grandkids, you know. <laughs> he's negotiating always, <laughs> you know. He's negotiating for, for something else. Well, you know, that, that's how Satan was. And I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying, <laughs> I'm not making an analogy here. Okay, I'm not making any analogies here. But I'm saying, you know, that, that's, how, that's why the word of God is so important, because it's truth. Amen? And uh, Romans 5 and 12, the same, uh, the same chapter, tells us, you know, where the problem began. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sin. So it was by one man. Adam uh, is what is called the federal head. He was the representative head of the human race. It's the decision that he made affected everyone who would, who would come after him. Everyone was affected by that. The Bible tells us, therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world and death through sin. So that, that was the cause. It was the decision of our first parents. We can blame it on our first parents. But, but nevertheless, it affected, it affected uh, every human being. And this is important for us to, to understand this because just as Adam represented uh, the human race, uh, it really helps us to understand the necessity in Jesus coming into this earth, being the second Adam, being the second Adam. So you, you might say, well, gee, it's not fair because of... Adam's decision, you know, the whole race has been uh, impacted because of it. But God didn't leave us in that dilemma. He didn't leave us in that dilemma. Through, through one man, sin entered the world. And uh, Hebrews uh, 7, 9 helps us to understand this, this, uh, this, this impact from one person uh, affecting numbers of people that would come after that. Uh, this is uh, Hebrews explaining the, the priesthood of Jesus, the current priesthood of Jesus. And it says, Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. So what he's talking about in this passage of scripture, he's helping us to understand the, the supremacy of the priesthood of Jesus. It was very hard for the Jews to understand that there could be a higher priesthood than that of the priesthood of Levi, which is what they were used to. They had grown up under that system. But the writer of Hebrews here is telling us that Levi 
was in Abraham's loins. And so when, when Abraham uh, gave tithes to Melchizedek, really Levi, that whole priesthood, was in Abraham's loins. So, so, so the priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood, which is representative of the priesthood of Jesus, supersedes the, the priesthood of Levi. Does that make sense to you? So, so you know, the Bible, uh, is if, if we understand uh, representation, uh, then it will help us to understand what Christ has done for us. Because uh, what we have when we come to the New Testament and when we come to what Jesus has done for us, uh, we have something called imputed righteousness. You know, has the devil ever beat up on you to tell you how unworthy you are? (laughs) How many times you've failed? You know, what a loser you are. I mean, we've all had to, had to deal with that. And, you know, and if, you, if you try to work your way through that uh, based on your actions, good or bad or whatever, you're, you're always going to come away feeling like, man, I'm just not, I'm not deserving. I'm not worthy. I'm a loser. That's exactly what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to, you know, he comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. And he wants you to look at yourself and see how unworthy you are and, and how you, you just don't measure up and you never will. But you see, the Bible never tells us to put our focus there. The Bible tells us to switch our identity from uh, being of the family of Adam to that new identity we have now in Christ, and uh, and I, I love this. I just looked this. This it's called imputed righteousness. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. It's not up uh, on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you because it really it helps us to uh, to make sense of this. I don't think I'm doing that. <laughs> Isaiah 54, 17. I'll just go ahead and read it to you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. I love this. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now, I love this, this, this last part of it here. Because if you understand representation... Uh, and if you understand imputed righteousness, I mean, it just, it's, and listen, here's what it says. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Wow. That's, that's, his, that's his righteousness. So, so, you know, the whole argument of Romans 5.17 is that the sin problem came about because of one man's. You ever look back at that and think, man, that's just not fair, you know, you know, or thought, well, if I had been Adam, I wouldn't have done it, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, yeah, I think 
you know, if he was deceived and he blew it, you know, you know, he walked with God. You know, there really was, I mean, Satan is pretty good at deception to flim flam them the way he did. But God, but God did not abandon us because he immediately began this process of bringing in the second Adam into this earth. And his name is Jesus. And imputed righteousness is the only remedy for imputed sin. What that means is is that, you know, if we uh, suffered the consequences of imputed sin, now we have all all sinned uh, thought, word, or deed in our own actions, but yet we were born of the family of Adam. So none of us escaped that problem, that issue. Uh, but when you made a decision to receive Jesus, that, I mean, that's such a powerful... You're going to have a water baptism here this coming Sunday. And Pastor Jason and I were just talking today about you know, how important it is for people to understand what that means before they are water baptized. Because, you know, some people think, well, you know, I've got to keep being water baptized. Because what they're, they're feeling may be some sense of guilt or condemnation or whatever. So they think, well, my solution is, you know, I'm going to be water baptized again. No, you, you need to be water baptized one time. And that is a declaration. That is a declaration of my identity with Christ. I'm no longer identifying with the family of Adam, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And and God says, their righteousness is of me. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? It's, it's his righteousness being imputed uh, to us, and, and we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. In John chapter 8 and verse number 31, Jesus talked about how important it is. I I love the word of God, and I know you folks do too. You know, you wouldn't be here. And, uh, and, you know, we're a church that that believes that that the word of God is alive, it's powerful, and, and, it, and it's, it's able, Hebrew says, to divide between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It gets on the inside of you, and it changes your life. Pastor Jason mentioned that scripture where, you know, we are being changed. You know, we're, you know it's amazing. God does this miracle on the inside of you, and, and it takes your lifetime, really, to catch up with what happened on the inside, you know? I mean, oh, my goodness. He gave me righteousness. He gave me access. He gave me, you know, his promise to be with me forever. You know, our new message for Pam and I as we go and travel is, how well do you know Jesus? How well do you know Jesus? And you can't know Jesus without the word. Because Jesus is the word. And that's why, that's why 
You know, the word is so important. It's going to change it. It reminds you. You know, it's, the Bible says it's a mirror. You know, if you, if you look, in a, look in the mirror, uh, James says, and you don't continue to stay there, but you walk away, and it's like, was that hair still sticking up over there? You know, I got this, you know, as you get older, you know, your eyebrows just want to grow, <laughs> you know. I, I went to get my hair cut, and the girl said, uh, do you want me to... Do you want me to shave your eyebrows? And I thought, oh my God, I'm not there, am I? <laughs> so I really, I, I smiled at that. So I don't go to her anymore. I have Pam, I have Pam, Pam cuts my hair now. <laughs> but you know, you could, you look in a mirror and it's like, uh, I better go, I got to go back and check, you know, you know, I, you know, you don't just look once. You know, nobody says, well, I looked in the mirror, you know, a month ago. Well, a lot could have changed in in a month, right? You want to look in that mirror every day and and make sure that, okay, I'm still still looking pretty good, you know? Yeah. And, um, but, but, but that's why the word of God is so important. Because, you know, if Satan was so good at messing up, Adam in the garden, you know, tripping them up and everything. You know, he's still messing with minds. He's still messing with people's minds. And, and if you cannot know God outside of his word, because Jesus and the word of God are one. And this is what Jesus says here in, in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, these were, these were, knew in their, in their trust and in their faith and in their belief in Jesus. And Jesus said to them, listen, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. I like that. If you abide, what, what does that mean if I don't abide in his word? You know, I'm not really being the kind of disciple that he wants for me to be. But listen, the re- upshot of that kind of a a walk with him, is you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You're not going to go back under that heap of condemnation. You're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. And the scripture that we began with, Romans 5.17, he said he wants us to reign in life. He wants us to reign in life. You know, if we didn't believe God's word, I would not be here tonight. I wouldn't be here tonight. If, if this church didn't believe God, if Pam didn't believe God, if we didn't know, I would be dead tonight. I, I just, I can't imagine that. I'm still trying to process it, you know. It's still, it's still like, I, it's hard to, you know, to process it. But, but it's the truth. And so, it is the word of God, it is knowing, knowing that our identity is no longer, you know, everything changed when you received Jesus. And we're going to spend a lifetime, we're going to spend a lifetime. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians 3 and verse number 10. Here's a man, here's a man that, that spent years walking with Jesus, I mean, you know, established churches. I mean, just did incredible exploits for the Lord. And he's still saying this. 
toward the end of his, his life and ministry, he said, I want to know him because, because my, I am, my identity is now in him 100%. I don't identify with the old man. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that person that I was. And, I, and I'm being changed. I, and I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We don't have to suffer for things that Jesus suffered for for us. He suffered on the cross, and he paid for our sins that way. But yet, you know, there's a measure of, of, of difficulty and trial and things that we need walk through as we go through this life. Not everybody's excited about you know, you being a Christian and, you know, you, you uh, walking with God. But, uh, but I want to be, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him. And, and knowing him really is the key to reigning uh, in this life. Now, I had some keys here. I'm going to wrap it up quickly. Uh, I call keys to reigning. Uh, and the first one is, is prayer. Now, we're a praying church. We're a praying church. And, and prayer is a wonderful privilege that we have to, to connect with headquarters, to draw our supply from headquarters, uh, you know, to, to receive uh, the wisdom, the guidance. And Second uh, Kings chapter 6 and verse number 17 uh, Elijah prayed this. Elijah was uh, surrounded by, by uh, enemy troops. And he had a man that was uh, serving together with him. And he was getting a little nervous because they were, they were surrounded. And Elijah prayed and said, Oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You know the Lord encamps around his people. You know if we're going to be people that reign in this life we have to follow what the Apostle Paul says. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. We have to, we have to develop that keen, inner, uh, discerning sense of awareness of, of the Lord's presence. And, and, uh, and so praying, he prayed, God, give him eyes to see. Give him eyes to see. And that's a, that's a prayer that we have in the New Testament in Ephesians 1. 16. And this is something we ought to be praying, you know, all the time for ourselves. Maybe you have a loved one or you have someone you know in the family that's, you know, acting out or they're not, you know, uh, behaving in a way as they ought to. You know, it's always good to pray this prayer. He says, Paul says, I don't cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers and 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He's not talking with our outside eyes here. See, that's why the Christian develops. That's why you have to have a quiet, a quiet time. You have to have times alone with the Lord. You have to have times where you, where you read your Bible and, 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 and you can just quiet yourself and hear the still, small voice. And God can show you things. And just like Elijah prayed for a servant, he said, God, help him, give him... This guy, all he can see is the natural problems all the way around him. But Elisha saw that the army of the Lord was encamped around him. He was seeing something much bigger. Amen? I'm sure Elijah wasn't saying, well, we're all going to (laughs) die. No, that's what his servant was thinking, because he's just looking at the outward. And so prayer, pray that prayer for yourself. Lord, thank you for forgiving me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Amen. That's so, so important. If we're going to reign in life, we have to be people that, that walk by the inner sight. Amen. Speak that way also. And then secondly is obedience. Obedience. And, uh, you know, uh, Paul talks about uh, I want to know him. I, I want to, uh, the fellowship of his sufferings. Sometimes being obedient is a little rough on the flesh. Right? And a lot of, a lot of folks don't want to hear that today. You know, a lot of folks, they just, they just want to hear, you know, give me all the blessings and I just... And, 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 you know, the extreme grace message where I can do anything I want to do. No. <laughs> right? I mean, there are, there are some things we have to say no to. And, and there, you know, the Bible, you know, talks about uh, denying ourselves. And I'm not talking about, you know, flagellations. And if you know that some of you that may be former Catholics, that's where they used to beat themselves on the back, you know, crawl over glass and, you know, and inflict pain on themselves to become more holy. Well, that's not what the Bible is talking about. But, but sometimes, you know, when the Lord says no and, uh, and you want him to say yes, Right? Um, but, uh, you know, God, he, he's, he's got what's best for you. And Isaiah 30, verse 1 through 3, if we can get it. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, and who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Who, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. He's talking about, he's talking about here about the world, talking about the, the world. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame 
and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. So, you know, listen, I am a grace. Thank God for grace. By grace, are you saved? You know, but the grace message doesn't mean that there are some things that we have to say no to. And, that, and it doesn't mean that we don't lay our plans before the Lord. And, 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 and you know, and, and find out what God has to say about uh, the decisions, things that we want to do. And he tells us in this verse, he says, you know, man, it, you know, Egypt is a type of trusting that system. And we're talking about reigning in life. And the, but listen, here's the thing. We reign through the Lord Jesus, through him, not independent of him. It's through Jesus. And, and Jesus models for us, you know, there were times when he denied himself. There were times when he fasted. There were times when he got alone and he prayed and he sought the Father. And, and so obedience is so, so important. Number three is ask. Number three is ask. Joshua 9, 14. I love, this is such a powerful example of when uh, the men, you remember the, was it the Gibeonites? They had come, they came and deceived them. They made it look like they had come from a long distance. They took some stale bread and and cask of uh, wine that was, that was old and made their clothes look old. And they, and they made it look like they came because the Bible says that, that Israel was not to make covenant with the people in the land. You know, God wanted a, he wanted a holy people. He wanted to establish uh, a, a, a righteous reign. And uh, so that what these Gibeonites did was they made it look like we don't, live in the land here. We've come from a long, long distance. And the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They didn't ask counsel of the Lord. They got deceived. You know, the only thing that Satan has is deception. You know, Jesus stripped him of his power. At the cross, Jesus stripped Satan of his authority and power. He ha- he's not the Lord of your life. But the thing that, can, that he can still, he still endeavors to do is to, is to deceive. 106, Psalm 106, 13. Psalm 106, 13. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. They did not wait for his counsel. You know, in, in, in decisions, um, a lot of times we want something so bad, and, and the devil's always saying, oh, you got to do it right now. got to do it right now. I remember one time we were up, this was years ago. I was a lot dumber then. <laughs> I drove by and saw this car, and it was, it was this old Volvo, and I thought, oh, man, that's, wow, i got to, I bought it on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I did not ask counsel 
of the Lord. And you know, what you do in haste, you know, you regret in leisure. (laughs) Right? What you do in haste, you can regret in leisure. And there's all you know, Satan has always got to do it now. Don't don't wait, don't wait, don't no, you don't have time to pray. You better you better no, no, don't 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 fall for that. Because God wants us to reign in this life. Amen. Stuff's gonna come your way. You know, they may find you. Well, no, that's not gonna happen. I'm alive tonight. Glory be to God. Okay, I got one more. You got time for one more? This is so important. Listen, listen, Acts 16, 6 and 7. This is the Apostle Paul. This gives us great insight into how he conducted his ministry. When they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, listen, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. In other words, they wanted to go to Asia and preach the gospel. Hey, this is a good idea. That's, that's where we should, that's where we want to go. And the Holy Ghost said, no, no. And, and uh, isn't that something? I'm sure, I don't know how, uh, it was probably an inner witness. Probably, you know, that was their natural, their flesh. This is what we really want to do, we think. But have you ever... Listen, we've all done it. You know, you know something scratchy, itchy. It's not the right thing. But man, I just want to do this so bad, I'm going to do it. Right? And they wanted to go and, and up, up there to Asia. But God said, no, I don't want you to go there. And after they came to Mysiah, they tried to go Bithynia, to, into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. No, I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to go there either. But soon after this, they were in prayer, and they had the vision. Paul was in prayer and had a vision. A man in Macedonia, come over here and help us. You know, God, he leads the church. Jesus said, I'll build my church. So we can try to do things. You know, it sounds good. All the church, you know, building mechanisms and all this. But what does the Holy Ghost say? What's the Holy Spirit saying? And so it pays uh, to listen. Psalm 51.6, we'll finish with this. Psalm 51.6, behold... You desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. How does God primarily lead you and me as believers? It's by the inward witness. By the inward witness. That's why as we begin, as we're talking about reigning in life, it really, really, uh, it begins as we begin to learn to be led by God's Spirit. Learn to be led by God's Spirit because we can be very easily, you know, know, uh, led off track or deceived or or whatever. And uh, so, thank God for Jesus. They that are led by the Spirit of God, 
They are the sons and daughters of God. Father, I thank you tonight that you give us eyes to see, Father, sensitive hearts, Father, direction for our life. Father, thank you. Lord, these are not things that happen uh, every single day, but God, when you do speak to us, when you do make things clear to us, God, when you do show us the way, Father, Father, give us hearts to hear and obey. Father, thank you that you will lead us to reign in this life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. 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 All right, guys, before we dismiss uh, tonight, there's just a verse that popped up. I just want to read it to you. Uh, Galatians 2, uh, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, walking by his spirit, walking by his wisdom. Um, and so before we dismiss, I just want everyone to be aware of this. Uh, we haven't announced this earlier because it just came up, but this Friday, uh, Grace Church on Grub Road is having their final revival night, their final night of revival um, as a lot of you know, we got to participate. Our church has been participating in that. We got to do a teaching on healing. There was a healing night which kicked off the revival series. And so if you have time this Friday night, I believe it's at 6.30. Double check their website, but I'm pretty sure it's 6.30 p.m. Friday night at Grace McCain Church on Grub Road. They're doing their last night of revival. Uh, most likely we'll be there again. I don't think we're doing anything on stage necessarily, but we're going to be part of the prayer team uh, as well. So join us there and see how God is moving all across the city, not just here, but everywhere. And there is revival coming to Erie. It's here and it's coming stronger and we love it and we're so thankful for God for it. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for tonight. I pray a blessing over each uh, person here tonight, each family that's represented. And I just thank you, Father, that we can go in peace, we can go in joy, and we can go trusting that you are for us and not against us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you can't make Friday, Sunday, water baptism. Amen. We'll see you here. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.